we honour you today. Lord, we thank you for your grace. It covers our sin, our failures, our faults, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that today we live in freedom because of what you did for us on the cross. I pray today as we look at your word that you would encourage us, Lord. You'd challenge us. You'd speak to us, Lord, from your word today. To every heart, to every person, whether in the building or online. Lord, our hearts are open. We're ready for you to do something significant in us today. We thank you for it. In your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may take a seat this morning. It's November 1. Has anybody got their Christmas tree out yet, ready for Christmas? And I was speaking to Renelle Noble before, and she's going home after this to start to decorate the house. So that's incredible, Simon, that you're dedicated to doing that after the service today. You'll be able to see the Christmas lights from tonight, which will be fantastic, and a full celebration. It's gonna Actually, this year, Simon said to me, he's going to go to a whole nother level with Christmas. He's that excited about it. So what a great year to be able to celebrate Christmas. And there's a lot coming up in church life over this Christmas season as well. In the next couple of weeks, we'll give you some dates and things just so you're aware of what's coming up. Uh, my beautiful wife and, and kids are home this morning. They've, uh, they've got some sniffles and the same with um, Ali Campbell and the kids as well. The two boys go to school together and so they, they share the germs and uh, they've just got some sniffles. And I remember the good old days of 2019 when you could just soldier on with the sniffly nose, but uh, not anymore. And so kids, I hope you're behaving for mum at home. And uh, Amy, I love you so much. You're beautiful. And to everybody else that's just watching on the live stream as well, I love you too. Probably a bit of an awkward moment for you watching me say that on the screen. But it's great to have you joining us today. I want to speak this morning a message entitled Identity Theft. Identity Theft. It says in Scripture that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and life more abundantly, or life to the full, the Zoe life, the life that you were intended to have. And I think the enemy is always trying to steal away our confidence, to kill our identity, and to destroy our lives. And we need to make the decision to say, no, I'm going to receive the abundant life that Jesus has for me. I'm going to understand my identity in Christ, who God's called me to be, and I'm going to live with that kind of confidence. And I think this world is always trying to knock that down. There's always voices that are trying to destroy, crush, and to steal away. But I want to be the kind of person that confidently and humbly seeks the kind of life that God has for me. I want to be an identity builder, not an identity killer. And I think for all of us in our lives, I want to be that for people that are around me. I want to be that for myself. I want to be somebody that's speaking the Word of God into my situations and into who I am and understanding that. Now, just a few weeks ago, I, uh, I got what I thought was hacked from my email address, my church email address. And, and all of a sudden, this email address was starting to send emails to our staff. And this is one of the, the, the messages that got sent to Anthony Badman, who looks after Kids Church. It says this, Hello, Anthony. Do you have a moment? I have a request. I need you to handle discreetly. I'll be busy in a prayer session for most of the day. So no calls, just reply to my email. And so 
it starts sending out all these, these emails to staff. And, and, and I, I did what everyone does when there's an IT problem in this church. I contacted Tim Rugendike, or as we call him, Tim Ride Your Bike. And I said, Tim, I've been hacked. Someone's hacked my email address. And he wrote back, wrote back to me a message and said, no, no, you haven't been hacked. You've been spoofed. And I was like, Tim, English. I don't speak IT talk. I don't know what spoofed means. And so he sent me a big article explaining what the difference between being hacked is and the difference between being spoofed is. And basically what he explained to me is, Ben, what's happened is these people, what they do is they go and look at an organization, they find out the leaders of the organization, they research, they look at the website, and then they try to pretend to be the leader of the organization and try to get people connecting with them that are on staff and start to try and create chaos. But here's the thing, if you don't write back to them, then nothing will happen. So he said, just tell the staff, tell everybody not to reply to the email and it will just disappear. And I thought about that when it comes to our identity and how the enemy wants to hack our identity. He wants to spoof us. He wants to take away who we are. He wants to diminish and destroy our lives. But we've got to make the choice to ignore it. We've got to make the choice to shut that out and say, no, I'm not going to listen to that voice. I'm not going to listen to that voice of confusion or comparison or fear or anxiety. The voice that's trying to steal away what God has for my life. I'm not going to allow the enemy to take that away. God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. There's too many people living under a fake identity, fear, comparison, trying to be somebody that they're not. You know, it's not just 2020 that people have worn masks to church. Well before COVID-19, many of us have worn masks to church at times. Where things have been going on in our world and we come and we put on a front while we're here at a service at church. And it looks like everything's fine. But the truth is, the life that we live can be so much different to that. But I guess this morning, I want to encourage us to, I guess figuratively in our minds, take the mask off. To understand that God has given you an identity and it's okay to be that person. To understand who you are in Christ. The world is going to try and tell you who you are. The world is going to try and take away and steal, kill and destroy what God's given, what God's given you and what God's spoken over you. But I want to encourage you this morning to not allow the voice of this world, the voice of the enemy to be greater than the voice of the word of God that speaks life over you and encourages you to be who you're called to be. Don't live under the burden of a fake identity. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down deep into Him and let your lives be built on him. Let your roots grow down deep. The thing about roots is that is in an unseen place. The roots of our relationship with God are not just a Sunday service. The roots of our relationship with God are in our quiet time, are in our Bible reading, in our prayer, in the secret place where nobody sees it. That is where the strength of our relationship with Jesus is forged and formed. See, we see the fruits which are above the surface and sometimes we come and we put our fake fruits out there for everybody to see. I'm happy, life's good, I'm a perfect Christian. 
But really, if the roots aren't good, if the roots aren't healthy, if you're not connected to Jesus, then the fruits will not last and they will not be strong and healthy also. And I think that's why during this time, it's been a sifting time for the church. It's been a time where there's been uh, weeks on end, perhaps, that we haven't met together as church or events have been cancelled and things have changed. But if your roots are planted in Christ, you will remain strong. And that's why I'm optimistic about the church, because the church is not built on events or services. The church is built on Jesus. And so if our roots are found in Christ, in that secret place, we stay strong in Him. The fruit of the church will come. The fruits will overflow. But we are called to be rooted in Christ. It says, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Now listen to this in verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human form. And then verse 10 says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. In other words, Jesus has the final say over your life. If you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he is the final authority. And he says, you are complete. Not that you need to measure up. Not that you need to compare with somebody else. Not that you need to be more like the person sitting next to you. You are enough. You are complete. Let's not listen. Let's not allow our minds to be captured by these empty philosophies and thoughts and the the voices of this world that try to tear us down. Voices that tell us that we're ugly. Voices that tell us that our personality doesn't measure up with somebody else's and that I don't fit in in a social setting. Voices that try to diminish your confidence and steal away who you are in Christ. See, our, our identity is planted in Christ. I brought this trellis today from our garden at home to remind us that we are called to be planted in God. And as we're planted in God, and as we're, 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 we're going down deep with our roots in relationship with Jesus, a trellis is used to be able to help guide and direct a plant to be able to grow to its full potential. And I want to talk about the trellis this morning. As our lives are built on Christ, we are built on a trellis of acceptance, affirmation, and approval. As we understand God's word that speaks those things over our life, that you are accepted in Christ. You are affirmed and loved by God. That you you understand that you are approved by Him. You may be rejected at times in this world, but you are approved by Him. It's a trellis around our lives. It's the Word of God that guides and directs us to grow and to flourish. It's a bit like bumpers in in 10-pin bowling that you use for kids, and sometimes adults need them as well. It, It guides and directs you to your intended destination. And when we understand our identity in Christ, we're rooted and grounded in Him, but every now and again, this world's going to pull us in a different direction. And we need to remind ourselves with the trellis of God's Word, we are accepted. We are approved. We are affirmed by Him. And when we're tempted to go another way, it keeps us strong in Christ, understanding who we are. 
So let me give you some symptoms of a false self this morning. Maybe you can relate to these. And oh, I certainly can. Here's some symptoms of a false self. One, I, I compare myself a lot to other people. I often say yes when I prefer to say no. I often don't speak up to avoid the disapproval of others. People close to me would describe me as defensive and easily offended. I have a hard time laughing at my shortcomings and failures. I avoid looking weak or foolish in social situations. I'm not always the person that I appear to be. I struggle with taking risks because I could fail or I could look foolish. My sense of worth or well-being comes from what I have, my possessions, what I do, my accomplishments, or what other people think of me, my popularity. I often act like a different person when in different situations and with different people. I think all of us could relate if we looked across that list and tick a few of those things that at times we do. And I think when we're young, we think as we progress and get older that one day we'll just magically just feel like we've got confidence in our, in our identity and who we are and we'll never struggle with comparison or we'll never struggle with feeling like we don't measure up. But as I'm discovering in my life, as you get older, you still have the same challenges to remind yourself again and again to get back on the trellis and realize, hey, I am accepted. I am affirmed. I am approved by God. My identity rests in Him, not my accomplishments, not my popularity, not the things I earn in this world. It's actually founded in Him. And so I want to look today at Matthew chapter 3 as our key text this morning. I'm going to give you quickly three things out of it that we've just spoke about and uh, encourage you with it this morning. So Matthew chapter 3, it's the story about when Jesus gets water baptized. It says in verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John the Baptist. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, I love the voice from heaven. The voice from heaven that is louder than any other voice when we tune into it, when we understand what God's speaking over our lives. The voice from heaven that can be above every other voice this world tries to speak over us, that affirms us, that accepts us, that approves us. It says this, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Amazing. Jesus hadn't done anything crazy, miraculous. He hadn't done anything impressive. He hadn't went to the cross yet and saved us from our sins. But the Father spoke over the Son, approval, affirmation, and acceptance. Straight away. And it's the same for you and I. God speaks those words over our lives. Oftentimes we're tuned into the wrong station. We're listening to our faults and our failures. We're listening to our past voices. We're listening to the world that's telling us things about ourselves that just aren't true. And we're building a false identity. 
So three ways we can find our identity in Christ. The first one, as we've said, is acceptance. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. The greatest position that you will ever hold in this world is to be a son or a daughter of the king. You can't earn that. You can't strive for that. You can only receive that. And that's why at the end of our lives when we do get to heaven, I think we may be shocked with who has made it to heaven because who on their deathbed has made a decision to follow Jesus, to give their life to Jesus that perhaps we didn't think that they would, but they made that decision and they didn't have to earn anything. They didn't have to have a whole list of accomplishments and have more good than bad. They just made a decision a bit like that sinner on the cross next to Jesus that just turned to Jesus and said, remember me in paradise, the world's worst salvation prayer. It wasn't our typical, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. I'm sorry for my sins. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I choose to follow you every day. It wasn't the right way. He just said, remember me in paradise. And God heard his heart and God answered his prayer. And that's the beauty of prayer. It's just us communicating our heart. And he he hears that request and it changed his life. He didn't earn his salvation. He just received it. And I think for us as sons and daughters, we can't earn it, but we can understand our rights as sons and daughters. We can understand our identity, who God says we are. There's a lot of voices telling you different things about who you are. But let's listen to what God says. I think he's trying to get a message to us. See, God calls himself the Father. And God sent his son, Jesus. And God calls his church the bride. I think God's trying to communicate to us a sense of family. He calls us the household of faith. The family of God. That's who you are. You're a son or a daughter of the king. And when there's voices in this world that try to diminish that, remind yourself again who God says you are, who the highest authority says you are, because that's the voice that matters most. So we need to learn to separate our value from our function, to understand our value as a son or daughter more than our accomplishments or our fame or our bank accounts or the things that cause us to comp- compare with other people. We have a value in Christ that is way above our function. If everything in your life was stripped away, the other people in your life, your job, your accomplishments, all that you've done, you still have intrinsic value in God. The same value as if you had everything. Because God sets the value of your life. Ephesians 2 verse 17 says, He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through Him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. That's who we are. That's who the word of God reminds us that we are. Have you ever been in a room that you feel like you shouldn't be in? Just at the start of this year before COVID, uh, Amy and I got invited to this dinner. It was this key leaders dinner. And we thought it would be a dinner with hundreds of people, hundreds of different other pastors and leaders. But when we arrived, we realized it was a very small dinner. And there was a select few pastors and leaders. And we looked around the room and they were pretty much all of our heroes in the faith were in this room. And they're all leaders across New South Wales and leaders of great significant churches. And, and as we walked in the room and realized this, Amy and I looked to each other and said, I think there's been a mistake. Why are we here? I think the invite's meant to have gone to somebody else. 
And we went into that room and we were talking to people over the few hours of that dinner and connecting. And you know what? In that room, we felt so approved. We felt so accepted and the encouragement from some of these older leaders and people, they just spoke life into our future and to who we were. and They made us feel like we fit. And I wonder whether we do that for each other and whether we walk into situations in our life, we walk into our future and understand God has accepted you. You're meant to be there. The positions, the opportunities God's creating for you, the visions He's put in your heart, He's accepted you. He's given you everything that you need and you can walk into it confidently knowing that you're not the person that's out of place in this world. God has put you here for a purpose and for a reason. I love in Romans 15 verse 7, it says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I want to be the kind of person that's an identity builder, not an identity killer. Somebody that's building and accepting other people. and Understand that I'm accepted as well in Christ and God's got a plan and a purpose for me. And I'm accepted in his will and his purpose for my life. The second thing this morning is affirmation. It says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, which was acceptance. And it says, whom I love. A sense of affirmation. So many people today are living without affirmation, looking for the affirmation of others, looking for it in the wrong areas, trying to receive it from what they've earned and their accomplishments, trying to receive it from the popularity of people around them, trying to put on a mask to be somebody else in the hope that people will then accept me. People will love me. God loves you for who you are. You know, a hacker, when it comes to your bank account, what a hacker generally does and they get access to your details with your bank account is they, they go and they make a small withdrawal first. I'm sure many of us have had this happen. I know we have. And they just take one or two dollars out of your account to test it. And they make that small withdrawal and then they'll, they'll wait a couple of days and then they'll make a little bit of a, a, a little bigger withdrawal. And then the next thing, bang, they'll wipe your account. They'll take thousands of it out. They've got access and they've realized they can do it. And I think the enemy does that with our lives and with our identity, with our sense of knowing that we're loved by God. He starts to eat away at it and he just takes a small withdrawal and starts to steal away some of that confidence that you have. And you think about God couldn't love me. Look at all the things that I've done wrong. Look at my failures and look at my history. and Look at the things I've done. Look what's wrong with my personality. Somebody else should be chosen to, to do this or to do that. I'm not, I'm not fit to do that. We start to look at our physical appearance and we think about the things that we don't like about ourselves. And, and we start to steal away our sense of confidence because we're loved by God. Before we know it, we don't feel loved by God anymore. We have this withdrawal that just takes everything out of our account. And it's the enemy stealing, killing and destroying all that God has for you. See, in 1 John 3, it says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. That's who we are. <laughs> the problem is, Instead of affirming that, we spend so much time accusing ourselves of all the things that are wrong with us. And who's called the accuser in Scripture? The devil. But sometimes we do the job for him. 
We spend so much time accusing ourselves of all of our failures and fears and the things that are wrong with us. We look at ourselves in the mirror. And as we're looking in the mirror, we just see all the things that are wrong with us. I don't like that about myself. I don't like that about my personality. If I act like that, I'm not going to be accepted. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we spend so much time not liking it. Look at our lives and we think about all the things that are wrong with us. You know, Scripture so clearly says, Psalm 139, it says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows it wells. It, it well. How wonderful are your works. And you know why that's so hard to say? It's because we spend so much time telling ourselves that we're a failure. We spend so much time reminding ourselves of all the things that are wrong with us. We don't even have space in our minds for the promises of God because we've told ourselves for so long that we're a failure, that we're ugly, that our personality doesn't fit in, that we won't be accepted, that if I'm myself, if that if I'm who I really am, people aren't going to like that. And so I'm going to have to try and pretend to be somebody else that I'm not so I can just fit in. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows it well. How wonderful are your works. We need to start to spend some more time speaking the word of God over our lives, allowing what we've heard, the voice of heaven spoke. So many voices that are being spoken over us, but they're oftentimes not the voice of heaven affirming what God says in His Word, who you really are, your identity, who you are in Christ. That's your true identity. That is who you are. Don't accuse yourself. Understand who you are in Christ and start to affirm that. When it comes to the people around you in your world, affirm the Word of God. Affirm your identity. Understand that. Live from a place of confidence and affirmation. And finally this morning, Approval that says, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Because said Jesus hadn't done all the miracles. He hadn't come and done what he, he came to earth to do and save people from their sins yet. But the Father spoke approval over the Son. And the Father speaks approval over your life. In this world, you will be rejected. There's things that you will miss out on. There's times that you will be set aside, but God will never reject you. You are approved by Him. You are loved by Him. You are accepted as you are by Him. Stop allowing the voice of the enemy to start to speak those words over you. Allow the voice of God to remind you who you are. You know, the eagle, they say about the eagle that it's an, it's an animal with such incredible confidence. And in fact, what it says about the eagle is this, that eagles have high confidence levels. All other birds of prey, they have this habit of glancing over their shoulder before diving down for their prey. They do this to make sure another predator isn't behind them 
and scheming to take their lunch or to take them out. But the eagle, the eagle never looks back. The eagle doesn't look over its shoulder. The eagle looks forward. It's full of confidence and surety that as the eagle goes after something, it goes after it looking ahead and and, and seeking after it with all of its energy. And I guess what I want to say to you this morning is let's stop looking back. Let's stop looking back at our failures, our fears, the things we've done wrong, the things that haven't worked out like we should, the things that are stealing our confidence, the lack of uh, like for our personality or our appearance or the things that can sometimes steal away. We look at other people and we think, I should be further along than I am right now. My life, I can't enjoy my life because it's not as good as my friend's. And I think it's one of those things that we think that when we just get older one day, we just understand our identity and we'll never have trouble with it. But when I talk to people, no matter what age, it's a fight we've got to continue to have and understand that we're building our lives on Jesus. This trellis of acceptance, affirmation and approval, it's going to help us to grow and become who God has called us to be. You are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has never not done a masterpiece. Everything God creates is a masterpiece, and therefore you are a masterpiece. And what do you do with a masterpiece? You put it in a prominent position. You put the lights on it. You shine the focus on it, and you understand that you're there to glorify God, that you are created in Christ, as a masterpiece. Too many of us have put the covers over, turned the lights off, and are hiding. Today, let it be a line in the sand moment. No, my approval is in Christ. My affirmation is in Him. I am accepted in God. I'm a son, a daughter of the King. I'm going to live with that eagle sense of confidence. I'm not looking back anymore. I'm not allowing the enemy to rob me anymore. The voice of heaven said, This is my son, adopted in sons and daughters, whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. That's what God speaks over your life. That's what God says over you. Colossians 2.6 as we come to a close. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down deep into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are complete in Christ. Lord Jesus, today, Lord, we're praying this is a line in the sand moment. We don't want to go back. 
We don't want to look back. God, we want to understand who you've created us to be, our identity in Christ, that we don't need to try and earn approval. We don't need to try and accomplish your love. Lord, we don't need to try and get a certain level of popularity before we can feel content. But God, we know we have all of your approval, all of your affirmation, all of your acceptance, Lord God. We receive it this morning. We are sons and daughters of the King. And God, we're no longer looking for the voice of this world to speak over us. God, we understand the voice of heaven, which speaks life and affirmation and love over us, God. And today we plug into that. We connect to that voice this morning and we allow it to speak over us, Lord. We're walking out of this place with confidence and boldness to understand who we are in Christ, who our identity in Christ is. We're rooted and grounded in Christ, built upon Your Name. And Jesus, let us live with that confidence as we walk forward into this week, understanding who we are. We're taking the mask off and we're living free in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's stand together.